It's the Dogcast, episode number 438, in a ass-whooping that they will not forget in Neeland for a long time. Dogs win big, 41 to nothing, for the 800th victory in program history. fans it's the dog cast episode number 438 holy crap old dog the dogs win big in a statement for the ages 41 to nothing in Neyland stadium biggest win of the season biggest win of kirby smart's two-year career old dog we are firing on all cylinders baby special teams defense offense how excited are you? Oh, the phone calls are like, it's like the old dog wet dream, right? Tell us what you yeah, thought about well, the win. <laughs> well, no, it was great. And, I mean, and the tone was set on the first play from scrimmage when we intercepted. And what was interesting, if you listen to McGee afterwards, he said they had studied that play. They knew that apparently it's called like a bunch set or something along those lines said that they were going to go to it. They knew that was going to happen, and he was ready for it, and he broke on the ball. That's preparation, and that's what this coaching staff brings to the team that I think we were lacking in other times. Attention Just to the, detail. Attention to detail. Absolutely. And, and, and apparently being a little more physical and taking taking practice seriously and taking – you know, all of the off-season stuff seriously, too. You know, the weight room, you know, all of that stuff. You know, how long have we harped on the fact that there just wasn't supervision? You know, that players were coming in and signing in for other players and everything like that. Just just a lack of discipline. And, you know, and I mean, kids are going to be kids, but they're buying into the program. And like I said on the last one, you can have all the fun you want. You know, you can... You, you can be their pal. You can do triple Lindy's off of the high dive, but nothing gets the players as excited or the fans excited as winning. Man, goodness! And that's what myself. we're and that's what we're doing right now. We and are. Believe me, those guys will trade three hard practices a week for a game like we had Saturday. God Almighty, we are a long way from Dave Van Hallinger on strength and Neil Calloway on O-line. And, I mean, I'm telling you what, man, it was an ass-whooping for the ages this past weekend, old dog. I mean, have you seen some of the numbers? Did you see the piece that Seth Emerson came out with today? I had to have 
mouth-to-mouth resuscitation after I read it. I just passed clean out when I read the numbers on Georgia's season and the game yesterday in Tennessee. It is amazing what this team is accomplishing right now that we are now that we're firing on all three phases for the second week in a row. I mean, how long have we talked about red zone efficiency and the damn limitation of kicking field goals? We're 19 of 19 in the red zone, and 14 of those trips are touchdowns, old dog. How refreshing that's, is that? Oh, it is, and that's the way you win ball games. You know, I mean, and and so much of it that's interesting, we knew the defense was going to be good. The defense is playing great. I don't think the defense has progressed because there really wasn't a whole big line of progression to do. I mean, they were they're great, but it is so good to see how the offense is coming along, and especially from. And not to get into the quarterback controversy that may arise or not, but from has progressed. I think everyone will agree with the fact that you can just see him doing more and more and more and more of the playbook is opening up each week. And that is something we did not see last year when Jacob Eason was in the same situation. He had the same, I mean, he was the same on in the first or the second game that he started through the end of the game, of through the end of the season, where Fromm is progressing. He's doing more. We're running plays now that we didn't see in that first and second week. That, I think, just comes to his football IQ and the fact that he's probably got a whole lot more on the ball than Eason does. I'm not talking about physical skills. I'm just talking about the mental side of the game, his leadership, and he's just, he's a winner. Man, God Almighty, that is high praise, old dog. You don't think any of it has anything to do with um, having five running backs getting carries and having a little bit better offensive line? And you don't think from from is playing with a better deck of cards than Eason had last year. That's got to contribute a little bit, right? I w- well, you know, the the running back situation, I don't think, is a whole lot different than it was last year. All right, all right. Uh, you know, Chubb did get a high ankle sprain, and he may not have been his 100%. Uh, you know, Deion, but, you know, Michelle was there. Uh, Harrion was there. We didn't have DeAndre Swift. Uh, you know, Holyfield, I guess, was redshirted. Uh, you know, Listen, but, and, and, like- and the offensive line, and the offensive line, yeah, uh, you know, we are probably, we're probably better. This year, but I'm telling you, it's just that that kid. He's a winner. And <laughs> listen, I'm not arguing know, with you. I and, and I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, I hate to say it, but Jacob Eason is a white Wayne Johnson. Yeah, I listen. I'm not arguing with you. I think Eason. I think Eason's packing his bags at the end of this year. Now, here's the deal. Fromm does need to get a little better in the passing game, I believe. They're, we're not going to be able to have seven damn completions and win every game this year. He's going to have to be able to make throws. But one thing we did learn about Fromm this weekend that I wasn't so sure about, but now I am, 
we definitely know the kid can take a punch. And that's what I wanted to see, you know. Could he get punched in the mouth and respond? Absolutely. But, I mean, on Saturday, he throws a pick, right? He gets rattled, takes a couple of sacks. He's under pressure for the first time. And you want to see how he's going to respond, right? I'll tell you how he responds. He runs for two damn TDs. He th- runs for two third down conversions and then and starts, I mean, he, d- he does what he needs to do. He doesn't get rattled, and he doesn't make any more mistakes, and he doesn't take any more sacks. He can take a punch, he can adjust, and he can get better in game, not just in season, but from series to series. And I'd like to see a kid. No, you know, he's, we know he's got the intangibles. We know he's got the leadership and he's got the team on his side. But we also know the kid personally can take a punch and bounce back. And you know what you just described? A winner. A winner, baby. You damn right. A guy who just wins. And that's really, at the end of the day, all we care about. Exactly. And, and I mean, and we hit on it, we hit on it earlier and we've talked about it, but I don't think we can talk about it enough. Uh, especially me not buying into the CMR regime. Just, you can tell there is just a change in attitude and a change in culture on this team. And let's look at the defense. We have the same, basically, the same defensive players that we had last year, we've got this year. And our defense is 100% better. Yeah, Mel Tucker is making shit happen. It's because those guys, it's because those guys have bought in to what this coaching staff is laying down. It's 100% better than even the best defenses that Jeremy Pruitt fielded, right? Or even Todd Grantham. Hell, it's Better. Oh, I mean, it's a lot yeah. better than anything we've seen but, in a decade. But you look at you, you look at the seniors we've got. Lorenzo Carter isn't his his playing ability isn't any better this year than it was last year. Same with Roquan Smith. Same with Bellamy. Same with most of the guys. It's just the fact that they have bought into a winning culture, and they've realized they have to sacrifice to win. Right. They have to work. They have to work, and they have to work hard every week. And I'm telling you, this confidence they have, too, you can't talk about that enough. The confidence breeds this fast game where our guys – look at J.R. We talked about J.R. Reed, right? Now, I mean, J.R. Reed with the pick this week, J.R. Reed is just playing fast, not missing tackles. He totally freaking believes – that it's going to work, and he's just flying. Roquan Smith is flying. It's amazing. And I'll tell you something else, too. We've given a lot of shit to Lorenzo Carter, trying to get him just in our own little way. And and deservedly. Yeah, in our own little way, which admittedly is, like, nat-like, but still, we have given Roquan a ration of shit now for a couple of seasons. I mean, I'm sorry, Lorenzo, yeah. But let me tell you something, man. I want to congratulate that kid even more. Not that he needs it, but, man, I watched the replay of the big run yesterday. You know, Tennessee only had one play greater than 10 yards 
And it was that play where they had, the, like, the 44-yard catch and run that ended up yeah. in a fumble. And, you know, they're like, uh, you know, you talk about that. They had one play over 10 yards and it ended in a fumble. Big deal. And, I mean, that was, that was a big play for Georgia. But if you focus on Lorenzo Carter in that play, Lorenzo was the guy that was dropping back into coverage to pick to cover that guy, and he got beat pretty bad by like two or three steps. And the kid catches the ball behind him, and he goes like 44 freaking yards with Lorenzo Carter chasing his ass the whole way, chasing him for everything he was worth. And Lorenzo didn't really catch him until he got into some traffic. He got into some traffic, and the guy kind of, Lorenzo got turned around, and and he fell down, still didn't make the tackle. The guy went about five more yards. Lorenzo Carter got up again on the same play. At this point, he's been burnt by the guy and hit and knocked down by the guy, and then he gets up, and Lorenzo Carter was right there helping strip that ball and get that ball, get that fumble recovery for the dogs. I'm telling you, man, that play just summed up Lorenzo Carter's whole damn career, man. He he just keeps coming, and he is playing so much better and not quitting and just grinding and chasing and working until the whistle blows now in a way that he didn't do before. Well, and I guess we can say he's finally playing up to his potential. Damn right he is. Damn right he is. He's finally playing whistle to whistle, like, and with, with all of his skill set and all of his capabilities, like he's just never done before. Oh, man, I'm telling you. How about special teams, old dogs? Let's talk about special teams. Well, that, that's where the big criticism's got to come in. I mean, what is this crap? Uh, not being able to kick it in the end zone. I mean, if you need to put it in 19 times, you need to do it 19 times. So I guess now it's just going to be 18 touchbacks, and then we're going to kick it to the two-yard line, and then we're going to start over again. <laughs> listen, listen, here's the bottom line, man. We only had 19 touchbacks all of last year. And until the ones he missed, uh, our boy Rodrigo had 18 in a row. So I'm going to yeah. give him a little break on the couple of two-yarders at the end there. Because even on the two-yarders, we still stoned the kid right at the 20. But how about 19 on all of last year, and this year had 18 in a row? Now, we do need to get, well, that, we need to get that streak started again. You know, it's, it's amazing. How, you know, just two kind of simpletons that have had a little podcast and have been talking about Georgia football for years and years. Now that all the stuff they have been preaching is actually happening, lo and behold, we're winning games like we haven't won in God knows how long. <laughs> Since about the damn time we started this podcast, man. You know, I'm how, and, and how, and, and basically all we've ever talked about is fundamental football. No missile tackles. Hell, we've been talking about missile tackles since 2007, right? Yeah. No missile tackles. And I mean, Kick yeah, the damn ball just, off into the end zone. Hell, we've had guys write damn poetry about the death of the pooch kick, right? I mean, yes, God, don't get me started on the pooch kick, right? But anyway, we're just doing things right. 800 victories, old dog. 800. 
hundred victories for the program. Man, it's good to be a Georgia Bulldog, baby. Absolutely. And, I mean, and this is, you know, we've got another game, and, of course, we'll do a pregame on Vandy. But this is, this is, this is the year, and this is the change where we need to, we need to take dominance again. We need to be the kind of football program that we were in the 80s. That it's we need to, to be win. able to go two, three, four years in a row and only and maybe lose one game during during the year. And, you know, we talked a little bit about it on the pregame show. You know, Fran Tarkett can set it best. You know, we are the biggest school in the number three or number four recruiting state in the nation. There's no reason that we shouldn't be able to field a championship caliber team year in and year out. I mean, good Lord. Look at the, look at the two teams that have played in the last two national championships. One is in Tuscaloosa and the other is in Clemson, South Carolina. I know. I mean, neither, neither one is a Mecca or a hotbed of high school football talent. No, it's not. They're on either side of us. We're in the hotbed of talent, right? Exactly. Man. 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 I'm telling you, old dog, I'm still high off this game yesterday. How about, you know how many times we scored 40 points or more last year? Yeah, no. I believe it was zero. Zero. <laughs> we have two, two this year, two out of five so far this year. Um, I heard a funny joke too. Uh, did you know the last five games between Georgia and Tennessee have been decided by 41 points or less? <laughs> I love that joke. Anyway, I never get tired of making jokes about. Uh, Neyland Stadium and Bush Jones. First time we shut them out in Neyland Stadium since night what nineteen twenty three or something. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, and first time they've been shut out since Spurrier did it. You know, I mean, it's just you know, again, I, it's it's great. It's fun. It's wonderful to see Georgia finally playing up to its potential. I mean, how many years have we had? these good recruiting classes, and been, on paper, the more talented team on the field and not being able to close the deal. Hell, if we keep playing like this, old dog, we might not even have to do the reverse recruiting show anymore. I mean, you know, the whole idea behind the reverse recruiting show was to tell everybody that damn recruiting don't mean shit because it didn't at Georgia for about 15 years. But exactly. Now, and and we nailed it and we nailed it then and it's still true now. It's what you do once you get the talent there. Exactly. It's the coaching. Until you score a damn touchdown or pick off a pass between the hedges, you ain't done nothing for me, baby. Exactly. How about, how about Kirby Smart yesterday talking to Mel Tucker at the halftime? Kirby Smart said he went up to Mel Tucker and said he said, basically, I didn't even talk to Mel Tucker at halftime because we needed no adjustments. No adjustments yeah. needed. Holy crap. When was the last time we played a conference game where we ne- needed zero adjustments at the half? I can't even oh, I, remember. 
No, these guys, and I mean, and, and gee whiz, those Tennessee fans, I mean, ever since they got rid of <laughs> Phil Fulmer, I mean, they have just gone from bad to worse. Oh, my gosh. Derek Dooley, Lane Kiffin, Butch Jones. It has yeah, been and I mean, good it, times. Yeah, and I mean, Butch Jones, there's no telling what's going to happen to that poor bastard. Yeah, I'm telling you what, we were kidding at the half yesterday when they were talking about if they're going to make a quarterback change in the second half. Hell, I speculated somebody should ask, do you think we're going to have a head coaching change for the second half, right? I mean, I think he's even going to, is the damn coach even going to make it to the second half? Yeah. How about <laughs> one of 12 on third down? Tennessee was one of 12 on third down. I'm telling you, I can't get enough of the damn level, the depth and breadth of the domination yesterday. And it wasn't that Tennessee wasn't trying. They were chippy oh, as no. hell. They were chippy as hell in the first half. I mean, they were oh, yeah. full of piss and vinegar and just straight up chippy yesterday. But you know what? Didn't do them any damn good. No, it didn't. It Absolutely not. And I mean, this is just—it's—it's it's great to see the team play like this. It's great to see them dominate when they're supposed to. And we certainly owe Tennessee from last year, and we put it on them. And all those signs about Chubb and you know this and that—I mean, you know—it was just—it was a great, great day. And it's oh man, you just—it's such a wonderful feeling to cheer and to be part of an experience like this. It really is. The Notre Dame game, the Mississippi State game, now the Tennessee game, we've had a hell of a first five games, old dog. And, you know, the icing on the cake for yesterday for Mr. Chubb, he is now officially second only to the great number 34 in terms of 100-yard games, which he totally deserves totally deserves and has totally done it. And you know something else I want to say about Chubb, too? Honestly, I am not as patient and as nice as Chubb, you know? I have wondered often, as good as I, I like Swift, he's awesome. I, I really like Swift. But I, I'm still surprised at why Brian Harrion is getting as many carries and as many touchdown opportunities as he is, you know? I want Chubb to get all of the accolades and all of the carries and all of the glory that he deserves just because, not because his his attitude is just so good, you know, and he's worked so hard and he's so serious and his leadership has been so important. But you know what, man? Chubb is a better damn man than I am. Because even when Brian Herring scores a touchdown, even when they fake it to him and Fromm runs it in, I genuinely believe that Chubb is just as damn happy for Jake Fromm and Brian Herrion as he would be if he scored the touchdown himself. I really believe that, and that's why I'm telling you, Chubb is a much better man than I am. Because, man, Chubb has earned more carries and more touchdowns, right? But he is not selfish. He is not petty like that, like I am. Hell, he's a good kid, man. He is a damn good kid. He's a damn good dog. There's no doubt about it. Well, it was a I damn... I mean, it was a... 
It was a win. It was a win for the ages, just like last week was, and hopefully like next week is going to be. Statement we've got a statement. lot of We've got a lot of things to do, and I tell you, let's, let's end the show on a little analogy, and I always like to go back to one of the greatest movies ever made, The Outlaw Josie Wales. And when when the Red Legs have come through and they've murdered and butchered Josie Wales' family, Josie's sitting there, and bloody Bill Anderson shows up with his posse. And I kind of think, you know, that's like Kirby Smart is. He's ridden into Georgia with his posse. He looks down at Josie and goes, Red Legs? Josie goes, yeah. He says, well, we're going to find them, and we're going to go set things aright. <laughs> and that's what we're doing this season. We're setting things aright. Damn right. Great game, great victory, a statement for the ages. Dog fans, thanks for listening. Hey, wait, one more thing. We Wait, hold on. Before we end the show, we got to talk about the count just for a second. Because we, oh, we got an email from the count. He didn't call Absolutely. in. And we have so many new listeners, and we talk about these characters like Isaiah's dad and the Count, and nobody knows who the hell we're talking about. We have so many more listeners now than we did back when the Count started listening, back when Jeff from Boise started listening, back when Jennifer and Jeff and Dogcast Technical Support, all the original Vermont Dog Health, you guys that are new to the show, you don't know about our listeners in Antarctica at Palmer Station at the U.S. Air Force Base in Palmer Station, Antarctica, or the guys that listen to us in Shanghai behind the damn wall where we've been officially banned by the government of China. We have professors <laughs> at Oxford University in England that email us and ask us questions about dog football. You guys who are new to the show, we love you and you're awesome, but man, you don't know about the count, right? So. Drew Van Gorp, his name is Drew Van Gorp, and we call him the Count. He's one of the very original listeners, sent a great email this week, old dog. And, yeah, he was making fun of me for putting my old tickets in with the cups. Because I was talking about how I was putting my old tickets in with the cups. But I want to be clear. I'm not charging for the damn tickets, okay? I'm not selling my concession receipts and my used pretzels. I just put the tickets in there because I thought it would be fun. I thought it would be cool. I thought it would be like a neat little souvenir. And the count goes all damn mercenary on me and uh, tries to blow me up in an email. But he did get me to thinking, old dog. So I went digging through the prize closet. And we have about 19,000 crystal hamburger koozies and little crystal hamburger footballs. So, I've not been doing this, but I'm going to start. Because, really, honestly, I need to get rid of them. So, <laughs> if whoever buys a cup, if you guys buy cups, and this is retro now to the people, up till last week's pregame show, because um, we had some cup orders over the weekend, all of you guys are getting koozies and footballs. I'm putting a koozie and a football in every cup now. So, um Hey, just just value added there. We think we appreciate our sponsors, Crystal. And I just want I wanted the count to know I'm not sticking any more tickets in. Now I'm only putting sponsor materials inside the cups. But one more thing, I did find a secret stash 
of 2016. These are last year's cups that have the big, giant picture of Kirby Smart on the side of them. And, you know, last year, old dog, when we were losing to Vandy and Tennessee and Florida and Tech, you know, the Kirby Smart... The Kirby Smart Cups weren't exactly flying off the shelves, right? But this year, I think everybody's feeling a little different about Kirby. So anybody who buys a cup going forward, including the people who bought this weekend, I'm just including a bonus cup. One of last year's Kirby Smart Cups, until I run out, and I've got several dozen of them, until I run out, everybody who buys a cup from 2017, also gets a 2016 Kirby Cup, a crystal mini football. Along with, along with a koozie and a football. And a, damn, I know, right? I give and talk I give. About, talk dog. about value added. I'm a giver. What can I say, man? It's all about the that's count. That's huge. I wanted to keep the count happy, and I'm a giver, so that's what I did. You guys can email us at any time, guys. Dogcast at gmail.com. We love the comments. We love the feedback. I love hearing from old-time listeners and new listeners as well that ask, who the hell is Isaiah's dad? You guys can call us at 706-363-0210. Guys, we really appreciate the support. I appreciate you guys buying my Florida, my extra Florida tickets from me. We got those sold. Everything's good in Dogland. We're five and zero, headed to Nashville for a noon game on the flagship ESPN station. Old Dog, you already hit us with the Josie Wales quote, man. So how about just a hearty go, dogs? Well, and and just to sum it up, one one more thing too. I hate it, it's good and bad a season like this. I hate the fact that we're not hearing from Isaiah's dad because I always enjoyed his calls. But when the man said he only calls in to bitch, if he's not calling in, that means we're having a great season. Damn right. Go dogs. And to wrap it, to wrap it up, let's beat the brakes off of the Commodores. Go dogs. 41 to skunk. 40. One to skunk. To nothing. Zilch, zero, no score. Not a field goal, not nothing. 41 to skunk. I am a believer. How about them dogs? Dog has tactical support. Going to take my wife out to dinner to celebrate. Over and out. This is Coming Dog from Forsyth County, Georgia. First time listener, long time caller. Just calling to say go dogs because we beat the pants off them volunteers. Listen, man, I got a neighbor who's a volunteer fan and his wife's a bandy fan. So if we were going to do a trick tonight, we're going to wait till dogs roll over them bandy anchors down, folks. And we're going to do something to their house. We might even send you a pic so you can put it on your website. Glad y'all are on. Old dog, love you, brother. Y'all have a good night. Go dogs! Derek, old dog, this is the lonely dog in Gator Country from Cordell, Georgia. <laughs> what a game. What a game. I'm watching it again for the second time. Is this, is this insane? 
It's just insane. But you know what? The more insane is all the sad faces in Knoxville. I mean, every time they zoomed in on the audience, <laughs> their fans, they were horrified. They had every reason to be. Georgia was taking a hobnail boot to their ass. Yes. Yes. They are disgusting. And they should be. This is Georgia. The team that has been up 24-7, 17 last two years, and they've given up the game. Not this year. We left, no doubt. No doubt. So... Derek, oh dog, this is the statement win that we needed moving forward. Now we need to go and mash Vandy, crush Missouri, rest up, get our minds right because our hated Gators, we meet in Jacksonville. That's our season right there. And then, of course, you know, old-fashioned hate at the end of the year, but by that time, you know, we drag Gainesville, we won't be worried about the nerds from Atlanta. So, yep, what a game, what a game, what a game. Go dogs. Derek, this is Big Dog Bobby from Cumberland, Georgia, baby. Hey, I got a blonde on the left and a blonde on the right. The dogs are all right. Derek and old dog, this is Justin from Alabama. Just calling to say go dogs. Great win over Tennessee. You know, I grew up right on the Tennessee-Georgia line, so for me, Tennessee was always the biggest rival. So it's good to see us get a win, especially a dominant win. And I've been a little hesitant to call in and hesitant to really have faith in the team. I was a little nervous, you know, after the Mississippi State game, thinking, oh, we might wet the bed against Tennessee, but we took care of business tonight. And it was awesome. Then it felt good. Oh, and today's my birthday, too, so what a great birthday present. Giant win. Over the falls. Can't get any better. Go dogs. Derek, old dog, Jeff and Boise. Sunday morning hangover. Uh listen. I just listened to the pre game Tennessee show for you guys and uh wow. Old dog seems like uh like he can see the future there. He predicted a shutout and uh we got one. Pretty cool. Uh, great game. I unfortunately don't remember a whole lot of it, as I may have had a few too many adult beverages. So I'll watch the replay today. But my general sense was uh, I did not think that we looked as sharp against uh, as we did against Mississippi State. But uh, 41 to nothing, I'll take it. 84 passing yards. Um, that's pretty crazy too. But uh, that's all it takes, really. That kind of seems to be the formula. I like it. I like it. Let's take it and move on. Keep chopping wood. Looking forward to the post-game show from you guys. Later. Go dogs. Hey, guys. Jeff and Boise again. Hey, lest I sound like a spoiled Georgia fan for my last uh, voicemail there. 
it's my mind that was not sharp. It wasn't the Bulldogs. And the defense lights out. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And the running game looks stout as we expected. But I did want to call back to him before I took shit from people to say that it didn't look pretty good. In retrospect, my comment seems pretty ridiculous. 41 to nothing is a good day. All right now. Happy birthday, Larry. Michael Johnson turned around, asked the bench something. And now Green makes him line up on the right in the slot. We have three receivers. Tennessee playing what amounts to a 4-4 four, four fake. And there's a touchdown! My God, a touchdown! We threw it to we threw it to Haynes. We just stepped up with five seconds left. My God Almighty, did you see what he did? David Green just straightened up, and we snuck the fullback over. Haynes is keeping the ball. Haynes has come running all the way across to the bench. We just dumped it over. It's 26 to 24. We just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. We just crushed their face. We dumped it over. David Green brought us flying down the field.